0: Like, if you want to get a minute, you're capable of getting minutes, <laughs> right? Like, what am I? What am I missing here?
1: You're listening to
0: the Dick. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to another episode of The Dig. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy?
1: Uh, meh. I just gave away the feeling. Yeah, you
0: and the Nuggets both. It's kind of how I'm feeling today, too, on the tail end of uh, a long night. Um, I was up late editing uh, episode two of Breaking Basketball. A little plug there. If you haven't checked out our side project, uh, go do that. The uh, second episode launched this morning, but yeah, I'm pretty tired today, so we'll see how I how I manage.
1: I think we're going to keep this show a little shorter today. Do you play center for the Denver Nuggets? You at least have something in common with him. Yeah, we have a similar body type, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, a, he's a little taller than me, but...
1: <laughs> the theme.
0: Yeah, so since you already gave it away, uh, today's theme partially for how we're feeling and partially for how the Nuggets are playing right now is
1: meh. You know, it's funny. You already plugged uh, the, the show, the other show, uh, which is fictional. But going back and forth between recording that and thinking of things in a fictional way and coming back to reality – It's actually (laughs) disturbingly similar. (laughs) My approach to how I'm thinking about this team almost feels like I'm creating my own fiction or narrative here, which makes me not even want to believe myself and my opinions even further, but I feel like at the same time just sends me further down this meh, quagmire, dark spiral that we're in. I mean, I want to feel positive about...
0: Where the team's at. You know, 3-1 start. They're third in the Western Conference. They're, uh, you know, in, in a pretty good spot. I mean, you could be a Warriors fan right now.
1: Yeah. Positive is acceptable. You can yeah. technically feel positive about it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm glad. But I, I think the thing is, I wrote this in my article today, um, and <laughs> I think this kind of describes my feelings about it. So every after every Nuggets game right now, I feel like I need to take a shower. Like it's a combination of things happening. It's it's the the you know trying to find some stream to get the game on. It's the you know <laughs> and and fighting against your computer to try to watch these these games with these you know random ads popping up. It's just all kinds of nonsense. Um, it's also just kind of how they're playing, which is just very up and down. They don't really look like the Nuggets team that we've grown accustomed to. We're gonna get more into that in a bit. Maybe what some of the issues are. Um. And they're, I don't know, I just, I don't, I don't enjoy kind of watching them play right now. Just, they look at times bored or like disinterested or, or something or lack of, there's a lack of energy kind of, and then they just sort of try to turn it on and I don't know. It's.
1: Right. That might be the weird thing uh, is that they, they are doing technically well, but in the past the only times that you wouldn't want to watch the Nuggets is when they're sucking and completely falling short, train wrecking. But here they are actually kind of doing kind of well and still not being, I'm still not all that interested in in the, the actual ball that I see going on. Um, but, but at the same time, not upset, <laughs> you know? I have nowhere to send my energy right now. All right, so let's get into some of the reasons that we're feeling
0: this sort of ennui about the Nuggets season so far. Ooh, get French. Fill in the blank. All right, Jeremy, let's start with a little fill in the blank. The Nuggets 3 and one start is blank.
1: Duh, you know, you came up with this question, and I was going to say deserved and defend why they they deserve those three wins, even though it, it was just by a little bit. But even that feels like it is taking too much energy. What conversation am I going to end up in where I am strongly defending the Nuggets? Because even if somebody was calling them out for things, I'd be agreeing with half of what they're saying. Um, Maybe I'm just going to keep talking until I can think <laughs> of a better word. But I'm sure uh, our listeners
0: will enjoy that
1: has me wanting for more. Am I allowed is, can I have a six word okay. answer? Yeah, has that's me, fine. Has me wanting for more. We know this isn't I mean continue. the judges
0: might not accept it, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> you know the, the the question is whether the players kind of figure something out with the route that they're heading down or whether they kind of pull the plug on the style that they're doing. Because I don't I don't think that they're I think they are trying something a little new. What, what I see going on is a little bit more, not even a little bit, like a strong effort on driving into the paint more. And that doesn't mean you have to end up with, you know, a shot at the rim. There's also a lot of kicking out that they've been doing, and they've been scoring pretty well from the three-point line. Um, but it's the whole driving to the paint that hasn't been working out too well. And I think I think what we see as a result of that, I mean, we're one of the, the lowest shooting percentage teams in the NBA. Um, we are... I have it here, 25th. And yet our three-point percentage is pretty decent, and our free throw percentage is really good. Our, our free throws are way up from last year. We're, we're 13th in field goals made, and we're 7th in percentage. So that's that's something I've been wanting to see for years now, whereas last year we were 27th in field goals made and 20th in percentage. But obviously we see this this effort to get to the line and to make the most of it, um, kind of zapping us in some different areas here. And um, I, I don't know, like I, I, I kind of want to feel it out and, and see if we're just able to kind of keep doing what we're doing, but do it at a higher level, at a higher efficiency. But, you know, when do we pull the plug on that? Yeah, so I
0: feel like the start to the season has been icky Partially because I feel like they're they've been a little bit rewarded for not really playing that well. Like they really shouldn't be three and one. I mean, they they really should have lost that Suns game probably. Um, you know the the Portland game I'll, I'll give them. You know and the Kings aren't aren't that aren't that good. So I mean I, I don't know. It just seems like they're developing some bad habits here early on and it it could just be early season stuff. I mean, there's a lot of teams that look funky right now and there's a lot of teams in the West who are really kind of figuring things out with a significantly new roster. And I think maybe that's part of my disappointment with this team right now is that they don't have a new roster really. Um, They have a couple of new pieces to incorporate, but like one of them, they're not playing. Um, He's sitting on the bench at the time being. So
1: um, the only one that they are playing is Grant. I really want to emphasize what you just said about how they were, they were supposed to be the team with, you know, carrying the most over, um, starting the season most in stride. And it feels the exact opposite. That feels like yeah. these are the rustiest guys in the NBA. Good, talented, understand each other, chemistry, but rusty. Yeah, and they're kind
0: of just like getting by on that talent which is weird kind of like I'm used to seeing a Nuggets team. That's kind of the scrappy, like guys that don't have as much talent as the other team, but like they play together as a team better. They pass the ball, they, they hustle, you know, and that's how they get wins. And now we're kind of seeing this team that sort of like has a, a lot of talent and is kind of just relying on that winning for them in the fourth quarter when things kind of break down or, you know, things get, get into crunch time. And I don't like that. I don't like that habit that they, they, they could be developing here. Um, I don't. I don't like seeing them play that way. Now, one caveat to this, I will say, is that they have been playing pretty good defense overall. So right. that does indicate right. that there is a level of hustle here, a level of like effort that's being put in. Um, they're not, you know, just sort of sleepwalking their way through every game. Uh, but the especially on the offensive end, I, I don't know, I, or maybe that's the issue is kind of their their energy er, here in the early part of the season is really going more to the defensive end and they're sort of I don't know calling it in on the
1: offensive side a, a bit more okay Nick on to the next one Jokic has looked blank yeah
0: and the, and this is related I, I think he's looked lethargic um, now granted Jokic often looks lethargic <laughs> so this isn't like this right. isn't a brand new style. yeah this isn't a brand new issue right uh but maybe like a little bit more lethargic than, than normal i just he looks i don't know if he's i have heard some talk um that you know he he's coming into the regular season overweight i don't know if that's the case i, I have no idea what the what, you know what the numbers w- look like when he came in but he just looks slower or something just like l- a slightly less athletic which he didn't have that much athleticism to begin with so I don't know. I don't know what's causing it exactly. It could just be not quite being up to the pace of the game yet at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, it could be that funky start he got off to in Portland. Although he, you know, he came back with a vengeance in that fourth quarter and really did look like a dominant Jokic that we've seen in the past. But in a lot of these games, I don't know. He, he just he's he's gotten back into that kind of funky passive state where he doesn't look like he's really trying to take over a, a game or, or trying to be the leader that this team needs. And I, I think, you know, he's been good. If you look at his numbers, they're like, you know, 15 points a game. He's at like six and a half assists a game. Uh, really good rebounding numbers, like 12 and a half or something. But you know, so the numbers are like, okay. Um, you know, good for, for a lot of other centers in the league, but the nuggets really need Jokic to be great. And I, I feel like he's really, as he's turned into their, you know, clear leader on this team, I think they really look to him for, for energy and they feed off of that more and more each year. And and maybe that's part of why this early season has, has felt just kind of funky.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust a Jokic here and answer this question in the exact opposite direction of the way it's being led. And I'm gonna point out that. He's been playing great, relatively speaking, to other players in the NBA. So you know we can't we can't go uh, tarring and feathering him right now. Witch hunt for sure. Jokic. Um, this is a guy who, in four games, has two triple doubles. This is a guy who also has two point. games over twenty points. One of them was on twenty four minutes played. This is a guy who. Uh, got 3 fouls really early and basically didn't play in the first half and then came back and won the game in the second half. So I mean, there is a lot to 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 compliment him on. That being said, Jokic to me has looked rusty which again, you, you know, it's easy to get caught up in your own your own picture of, of how you see it. You know, we're trying to sort through this. I was like one of those uh were they called three eye paintings or whatever? No, that's definitely not what it's called. But those paintings <laughs> that are Oh all those three eye paintings are terrifying. <laughs> 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 I'm about to make some three eye paintings. Um but no, you know what I'm talking about, where they're all blurry and you have to stand there and let your eyes like get magic lazy and eye. look at them?
0: Yeah, magic eye right. is what you're looking at. Magic for there.
1: eye. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how how we can feel. it. But then we get caught up in our own in our own thing that we kind of uh, fictionalize out of that picture. I'm talking so abstractly here; yeah, it's I not love gonna it. make keep sense going. to anybody. Yo, keep going. If they could only s- see, I'm I'm making these wonderful drawings that would have completely made everything understandable, like, like air but, drawings. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, we we whether we're we're media or bloggers or just fans or or whatever we we kind of create our own narrative that we want to see and and so what I was talking about earlier was how I think they're doing this different style of offense that's all I was trying to say this whole time <laughs> <laughs> In the past two minutes I've just set up the fact that I think they're trying this kind of new style of offense not even style necessarily but a new emphasis and and because of that I, I'm just wondering if maybe Jokic is having a harder time getting things going. It does seem like there should be a lot more ball movement. or it, Actually, scratch that. There should be a lot more player movement. Um, it has felt a lot more unidirectional when the action is going as opposed to uh, several different pieces on the chessboard all moving at, at the same time. Um, but I, again, I'm kind of grabbing at straws here. And so... I'm gonna go with Rusty, um, just maybe because he's not quite feeling it, and and he's concerned to himself
0: too because he played, you know, FIBA over the summer. He's been playing basketball pretty consistently,
1: uh, mm-hmm. more
0: than a lot of other players have. And so I don't know if there's some fatigue here too coming into the season. I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of early for that to be a problem, um, but yeah, something. Something's not fully clicking for the big guy just yet, I feel like.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in FIBA, he was playing under a coach who was using him very oddly. And so I guess, you know, in some ways he's trying to fit into a completely different system over there. And then he finds himself back here where his role is to carry the entire system. And maybe it's just asking a bit much um, too soon. I, that's what I'm hoping. I'm spinning it positively. It's just a little too soon, and he needs to get in the mode of of asserting things himself because he's on a team now and under a coach who is allowing him to, and that's different than a few months ago.
0: Yeah, because I mean, look, we're holding these these players to higher standards at this point. Uh, that's part of the right. issue here, right? They and and the, it, this is a good problem to have. Like, they have made a higher standard for themselves by having some success. And now we're expecting them to repeat that success. Um, right. And when we see something less than that, it's, it's disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, it's still early. They're still getting, you know, decent results. So it's, there's no obviously need to panic here. But there is some issues with the offense. Um, it's definitely down from last season where they had one of the best offenses in the league. So the next question is the Nuggets biggest issue on offense is blank.
1: The Nuggets' biggest issue on offense is team involvement. And now I'm going to expand on what I avoided in the first question and then kind of slowly slid into in the second question, is that I think something that you and I were talking about earlier was how you were saying it kind of felt to you like hero ball. And I could feel what you were trying to say. I didn't want to say it that way. But the more I think about it, it, it does kind of feel like a guy on the perimeter kind of like slowing things down and then kind of charging in on his own and trying to find somebody on the outside. Um, or they end up getting fouled and going to the line. And that's that's been nice and that's been great. But uh, but it hasn't been that kind of uh, where everybody's lock in step, where it. it Not that they've ever been too play driven, but where guys know how to move and and know how to move with each other. This person's coming this way. We're seeing this on defense. I go over there. So it was constantly like there was several pieces all rotating at the same time. And that's where I feel we've we've gotten away from. And, and that's where it kind of starts to feel like hero ball, when you feel your eye completely directed to one thing, and that's the only thing moving, that feels like what you want to call out as hero ball, even though it's not necessarily an iso play, like the classic Kyrie Irving kind of a thing. Um, but it's it's something that hopefully we're able to keep this emphasis on on driving to the paint and getting, um, getting some foul calls and things like that. But... At the same time incorporate the 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 principles that this team has has worked so well on the offense before Yeah, because that's the thing is I am almost
0: wondering if it's better to be getting these additional foul calls At least the way that they're getting them right now isn't better. I don't think um, right And that's that's because they're sacrificing my
1: eyes is is we'll keep doing this and we'll we'll see We're still getting the foul calls and stuff like that But at a certain point if nothing else changes you have to say, you know, it's just not worth it Let's let's de-emphasize that go back to what we were doing before and we'll just not ever get calls.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, uh, I basically have the same answer here that I, the nuggets biggest issue on offense is ball movement or player movement. As you pointed out before some combination of the two things, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure which is the bigger issue right now, but um, I, yeah, I just feel like we're seeing a lot of guys standing around dribbling uh, pick and roll action coming too late in the shot clock or not at all, where it's you know, the Nuggets players are left to create on their own, which they don't really I mean, Will Barton is really probably the best one on one playmaker. Um, probably even better than, than Murray and just creating his own shot off the dribble. And Jokic kind of can do that, but not I mean he you know, it's kind of in an untraditional way. And obviously not from the perimeter. So um They're just. This isn't a team full of guys who can break people down on the dribble and and get to the rim. You know, get themselves an easy shot. Uh, So we're seeing Murray take a lot of tough shots early in the season. A lot of stuff where he's, you know, falling backwards on shots or he's ending up on his on the ground after a shot. I I feel like I've seen that more this year than I saw like all of last year. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I, I assume it's just because, you know, he's not getting open. And and he's not getting open be, large in large part because the ball just isn't moving the way that it has in the past, and so he's being forced mm. into these late late in the shot clock, acrobatic right. fallaways that are
1: not high percentage shots. So there's some numbers that go along with what you're you're talking about, and and to me they're all kind of connected. First of all, fast break we're 28th in the NBA. Um, yeah, especially for playing in Denver, and that's you know, yeah, that's unacceptable
0: that's, for a team at altitude.
1: Yeah. And then that connects to me directly with with pace. We're dead last in the NBA in pace, so we're 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 only playing ninety ninety six plays in a game is what we're playing. The rest of the league is playing about yeah. one hundred and three. Uh, that's the average. So it's almost a ten percent. There's a difference. slowness, but but then with that, what you'd want to see that we're not is we're twenty seventh in points in the paint. So if you're playing slow ball and you're directing this this offense that way. Then you'd expect to start seeing some some higher quality shots being made but but they're not so th- that's that's all kind of concerning it's slow and it's sludgy you know right
0: yeah, to be fair, there's been a lot of mislayups um which could account for some of that and and also could just be rust early season rust um but yeah it's it, this is definitely not the offense we've seen in the past now i to be fair too it it could just be. Uh, the, the, it could be a minor timing issue. It could be a you know that just a couple of things aren't clicking. You know, quite quite right where the ball. You know, so so it looks like the ball is just sort of stopping. You know, it's we've got Murray or Barton just dribbling out the clock and then launching a prayer. But it could be that there's there is movement happening, but things aren't opening up in the right way, or 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 or, or people are being missed, or things like that. Just because we're we're early in the season, I'm not I'm not really. Sure, it's something I'm going to keep my eye on as we, we move forward. I haven't had a chance to really like dive into what the issue is, but it's something I've observed, for sure. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. And now, for some reason, a poem from the breaking basketball universe. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a Nuggets player euthanized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted games, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap seats, and sawdust sports bars with oyster shells, Places that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent, to lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask, will they win? Let us go and drink our gin.
1: All right, Nick, let's kick off some buy or sell. First off, buy or sell, Will Barton as the starting small forward. This may come as a bit of a surprise to you,
0: but I am going to buy it. (laughs) The way you set
1: that up, I had no idea what you were going to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was pretending I was in a Disney podcast for a second. Um, (laughs) Can we do that more often? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, after uh, episode two of Breaking Basketball, I've got all kinds of podcast ideas. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, <laughs> no, I'm buying it. I've been really impressed with Barton's play, to be perfectly honest. And I am willing to give credit where credit is due. Um, I thought in the Mavericks game especially he was he was outstanding. 19 points, 11 boards. He just looks – he's finishing at the rim better than I, rem- I remember. Um, I'm assuming this is what people used to talk about from the old Will – the thrill um, right. that I just, I don't know, had a mental block about or or whatever. But uh maybe it's it's just in comparison to, to last year, seeing this, you know, r- real athletic version of of Will Barton has been a pleasure. And he's been playing some good defense. The problem is a lot of times that good defense tends to be on guards, he's switching off onto or something like that. When you start seeing him make those um big steals or, you know, some of these, these hustle plays, he's, he's been getting some big, some big rebounds too in the perimeter. Um, but yeah, I think um I think he's playing well with the first unit right now and with Michael Malone's you, you know um determination to not play Michael Porter Jr. I, I don't know that we really have a better a better option at the moment. I mean, Tory Craig really has not looked very good. Uh he's had a, he's had a couple of moments as he he will, but um I think overall he's not a starting caliber player. And Wancho right. is also in my So right. So yeah, for the time being, I'm content with, with Barton if these are our options.
1: Right. Um, so for me, buy or sell for a guy who's shooting thirty-eight point six percent, I'm actually buying him, um, largely for the same reasons that you are. He's he's doing a lot of all of the other things that is actually kind of helping this ho hum. Uh, starting unit stay alive and win some games. His defense has been great, actually. It, it has been pretty stellar. Um, the, the thing to revisit my hope for Barton, it was based on his ability to be another playmaker in the unit. And what I've kind of realized um, more as of late is that his his style of how he got those assists just doesn't actually i yeah. think work out in an organized system um he's he's the guy who um was a playmaker out of necessity out of um playing in units of chaos and he got a lot of those in that kind of westbrook style of charging in demanding all of the defensive attention and kicking out to somebody else and that's that's no way to run a, a professional starting championship contending offense. I mean, unless you're the Houston Rockets, <laughs> yeah, uh, which they I mean, do
0: every play. But yeah, for the most teams, that's <laughs> not going to work.
1: Right, uh, and, and so we you know he's he's got one he's averaging one and a half assists right now, and, and actually I, I don't expect him to be that other playmaker I don't expect to see him to even reach the assist totals that he was doing before when he was playing even less minutes Um, but he's found every other way to help this unit out so you know it's one of those things where okay I'm gonna keep rolling with it and you know as you pointed out the other guy who everybody else was talking about um, contending for that starting spot is Torrey Craig and you know more on that later right Hopefully not. That just sound really negative by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> it's 70% negative, 65% yeah. negative. No,
0: I, yeah, I know you meant. It. All
1: right, Jeremy. Um buy or sell the bench. I'm buying uh, and again, I'm just I think a little optimistic here. Uh we've seen too much of these guys to to sell this bench <laughs> you made the question very very <laughs> flat like <laughs> like if we're talking about this bench unit as a whole I'm, I'm sorry but I'm not budging I'm I'm buying it um the only per- person who changed on this bench was Jeremy Grant filling in for Trey Lyles so I'm sorry as much as Grant has completely disappeared from preseason Grant um the ghost of Jeremy Grant is still a greater player than, than Trey Lyles in the flesh. So, I think that's um, a little
0: harsh. I don't feel like he's completely disappeared. He did have a bad game against the Mavs, though. No he, points and three boards, some, but
1: he, he's had some de- decent defense. Um, but even that has been lacking, and it's come at, at different points around the rim. He's looked well, um, but then there's a few times where he'll 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 follow a guy in and, and play him well. And then the very next play, he'll follow the same guy in and look terrible. So that's still up in the air. Um, uh, to, to talk about him for a second, um, he is on the bench. So that's what we're talking about. This rebounding issue does seem real. That was maybe the, the biggest concern with him coming in is if this is a guy who we're talking about potentially being a starter next to Jokic, uh, the his re his rebounding totals from OKC are not gonna do. And sure enough, there's still there it's still a huge problem. He's he's being out rebounded by Tory Craig, you know, who's several inches shorter. Um not that Craig is a bad rebounder, but you would hope that a power forward uh, with Grant's size and tenacity would be able to to come through so that that's definitely concerning me and then you know we've seen his three-point shot disappear uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any big bets on that right now we'll we need more time to tell but um I I am actually concerned at his rebounding and I'm concerned at how he will match up defensively with Jokic and that is to me the number one concern on the entire roster uh beyond Jokic you know step one have Jokic you on your team step two, find a guy who can play <laughs> defensively next to him right and then everything else from there is is secondary you know is 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 an entire tier down in importance so uh question marks there but right. other, otherwise yeah as far as the bench goes on the whole you know Beasley has been great um and I think Plum Plumlee and and um Morris should be able to, to, to turn things around
0: yeah, I'm I'm feeling similarly. Um, I'm going to hold on the bench. How's that for a cop out? You can't.
1: I'm not going to lie. Did. You. I just <laughs> did.
0: <laughs> we're breaking all kinds of rules in this episode. The whole show no. is probably about to fall apart.
1: No, we're not breaking it. We're keeping to the
0: rules. Buy or sell. Well, I'm holding the bench. And so what I'm doing is so saying them. basically you what you be able to
1: hold them if you didn't buy them. I'm keeping them in my hand. So you're not selling them.
0: I'm waiting and seeing. So you're so you're buying. I I've already purchased. How this well, analogy have, breaks down pretty easily. So doesn't the, latest, right. the latest action that has
1: happened <laughs> is that of positively spending money to purchase them. All right, I'm buying and you are the bench. Not undoing that. I'm Therefore, buying the bench. It stands.
0: But, like, on credit or something.
1: No. No.
0: You're you're thinking too deeply here.
1: It's buy or sell
0: and you bought them. I bought them. But I have my concerns at this point. And that's really surprising to me. I was not expecting that coming into the season. Um, I thought our bench would just sort of hands down be the best bench in the NBA. I mean, I was even kind of making the argument early in the season that, you know, we almost essentially have two starting fives. Like – you know, I was kind of positing the right. question, which you know, which group would you rather have—the bench plus Jokic or the starters plus Jokic—and I mean, on paper, you could almost kind of make an argument that that's a, a pretty close call. Yeah. Um, but that's not what we're seeing so far, for sure. Uh, the bench did play really well in that Portland game and kept him in it when Jokic struggled. Um, so it hasn't been all bad, and Beasley played really well in that game, um, mm-hmm. but. But he's been streaky. Monte's been bad uh, so far, really, um, and yeah. I, I'm not sure what the issue is there. I know we've talked before about him playing against uh, with other playmakers, and that that can cause some problems. That's not really what's happening right now. Right.
1: So maybe there's Although, a,
0: a chemistry issue with Grant. Um, and, and to and interject Plumley.
1: really quick, mm-hmm. in that first Portland game, I think that's the only game where Barton got minutes next to uh, Morris, and. And they took a complete nosedive. I think that was the, the first rotation um, of the first game of the season. A complete nosedive. And then they pulled Barton and then Morris started playing incredibly well. So I th- I thought I was looking at that and I was seeing, you know, the 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 narrative that I've been running with kind of blossom in front of my eyes. Uh, but <laughs> that was a very small sample size. Um, yeah. So while it might be true that he doesn't play well next to Barton, now he needs to prove that he can play well on his own, and he's he's not really doing that.
0: Yeah. Now I. Okay. So he just got contacts. Apparently he couldn't see. So that's kind of important when you're a basketball player. I've heard.
1: You would um, think? But maybe he needs to take him out.
0: <laughs> it depends on if he's what nearsighted or farsighted or uh, something. I don't know how that stuff works, but. He just
1: needs to be past sided and play like he did in the past. Huh? Eh? Oh. Hmm. Um I'm feeling I'm feeling a Bill Simmons text right around the corner. <laughs> I think I think this podcast is on fire right now. Well, if Bill Simmons texts us, it's gonna be me. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, <laughs> so. We haven't established that yet. <laughs> Um, Sorry, guys. This is a lot of like inside jokes from our uh, – this is why you don't run two podcasts at the same time from right. the Breaking Basketball podcast.
0: It does get confusing, um, especially when one of those podcasts is imagining a future and telling it as if it's already happened in present tense. It's, it's, it gets a little tricky.
1: Yeah, a future about what we're talking about right now, the Dig Podcast. So. Right,
0: right. Um,
1: <laughs> this,
0: oh, this show's off the rails. I think, glad think we're we've cut sold – No,
1: I think we've – There are probably some people questioning whether or not they wanted to listen to it, and now we've just totally sold it. People are, are running to download that podcast. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Good job. But Bill Simmons does show up in the podcast, so if no, if
0: nothing else, that's a reason to listen. Um. about some nuggets all right Jeremy buy or sell Malone not playing MPJ for the first
1: four games I totally understand Malone growing Michael Porter jr. Um, and I talked about that before but I'm selling it at this point I was expecting more from Torrey Craig honestly we saw him get a lot of run with the second unit last year, and at this point, as bad as the second unit has been, I mean, other than Jeremy Grant, who's been terrible, <laughs> I'm, he, he's been bad. He's
0: been really bad. Interesting. Um, so I do not. I'm not as down on Grant as you are. I feel like you're. Okay. Yeah, I feel like you're. You're maybe overblowing this a, a bit, but maybe player. We'll,
1: let's table so that we'll and keep tangent. watching him. Let's take this tangent. He's he's been our our sixth player. He's played twenty almost twenty four minutes a game. Um, that's you know yeah
0: he's only like two minutes or something. Uh, well, before the Dallas game, he was he was almost tied with Millsap in minutes per game.
1: Right, they were yeah. neck and neck. Um, and <laughs> I mean he's he's shooting not even thirty five percent. His three-point shot has fallen off. Four attempts a game, by the way, have fallen to 25%. He's rebounding a little over three rebounds in 23 minutes a game. Come on. What's that? That's nothing. And then his his defense has been, like we've said, almost non-existent For a guy who's actually shown an ability to rim protect, he's got zero blocks a game. He's got .3 steals a game so I'm not seeing I'm, I'm not seeing much from him there's there's good things there, but there's too much of a hole outside of that right now. The right man now. put
0: his elbow through a basketball hoop I
1: mean that's what he <laughs> right. breaks and that's exactly <laughs> what people overreact at and give him credit where it's not due um, but but as bad as his defensive stats have been, I, I am definitely willing to admit that he has played some good defense with that. So it, not everything is out the window with him. I'm not throwing everything out. Um, it's kind of the opposite of Marcus canby That's a guy I think I actually have to give Vlad credit for this. You know, some of the greatest defensive stats uh, of any player of his, of his time, but he almost hurt our defense a lot of the time more than helped it. Uh by almost kind of hunting those stats. And that's where the the quality of a person's stats and the quality of their overall play on the court, its effect, um, really greatly differ. And so i'm I'm calling Jeremy Grant the opposite of that, where he's got literally like no defensive stats. But I do think he's had um, several moments of strong positive defensive play on the court. But I should probably it.
0: rename this podcast. Jeremy hates Jeremy. That's all this has turned into.
1: All right, I'll give it a B minus. Thank you. It's kind of like, like the Nuggets. I'll give it a like. Okay, that's good. Meh. Uh, Meh.
0: Yeah. I take it uh, back. So thing this, definitely like the this right wasn't about here.
1: Jeremy Grant. This was about Tory <laughs> Craig. Just saying. Aside from Jeremy, this is Grant, actually about Michael Porter Junior. <laughs> Tory Craig has been <laughs> Tory Craig has been so bad that Michael Porter Jr should be playing. Okay, even there we go. Though, even though my standpoint before the season was I do think Michael Malone, <laughs> wow, Michael Malone is going to slow play it and and I, he has every reason to at this point now it it has less to do with Michael Porter and how he should be growing up and groomed and more to do with we're struggling here with Tory Tory Craig out there. So, I almost call him Tory Grant. That's that's the worst yeah. version. The, that's well, bad Jeremy Grant and bad Tory Craig is Tory Grant.
0: Yeah, I am going to sell this also. This just doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm trying to figure out so what I'm assuming is that Malone has been waiting for the Nuggets to be, you know, 30 or 40 points away from their opponent in some game, either on the winning side or the losing side to put him in. Um, hoping that you know the, that he won't have any bearing on the outcome of the game or something and then that that just hasn't happened so far because he, he talked today on altitude radio about wanting to get in minutes and I'm thinking well you're the coach like if you want to get a minutes <laughs> you're capable of getting in minutes <laughs> right like what am I what am I missing here um and I, th- I think probably that's because in his head, he's thinking, well, I can't get him minutes in a game that's still being decided. Right. That right? makes sense. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense to me at all. If his problem is defense, you're going to teach him defense by putting him in a game where nobody's trying, where everybody's just in there chucking shots and trying to get theirs. That's where he's going to learn how to play defense. Or what? He's going to learn how to play defense practicing. I mean... This is The only way that he, we are going to have any idea if Michael Porter Jr. can get his defense to the point where Malone's willing to start him is to see him in real competition. And I giving him like five or six minutes of real competition is not enough to tank a game. We've seen plenty of bad defense from other players. You've talked about Jerry, Jeremy Grant here for a minute. We've seen plenty of people not. I mean, Jokic has had his moments where he looks like he's not even trying on defense this year. There are whole players. Andrew Wiggins is a starter in this league. As as far as I know, he hasn't ever played defense <laughs> his entire career. You're telling uh, me you can't get five minutes or ten, seven minutes for Michael Porter Jr. in a game to let the kids start trying to figure things out? I just I, I don't buy it.
1: I think I, I think, think it's some sort of old school
0: like, like macho man thing or something. I don't know like a like a we don't, don't, don't I, I don't play mean, rookies he, until they earn it. Blah blah blah, and that's just stupid. You play your best I players. Think
1: that, I think that has a little bit to do with it. I, I think the whole Michael Porter Jr. needs to play defense thing is like a quarter of it. And I think that's what everybody's kind of harping on right now as like the only reason why. Uh, it, what I would add to the the Michael Porter Jr. not playing stew is I would throw in, you know, you start with a little not playing defense so well. You throw in a little bit more about Michael Porter Jr. in that you, the coach wants to bring him up correctly, which is, you know, rewarding a player for putting in effort and putting in effort at where they need to Effort in that you throw in a little bit of we've got Tory Craig and Wancho, who are two good players, so there's no reason for putting in another guy just because he has more potential when you've got something good and you're going after a championship. And then you also throw in a little bit of Torrey Craig plays ball the way Malone wants to see ball played, and so there's an affinity for Tory Craig, there's an affinity for the style of ball he brings to it. So, there's to me a lot more to do with it. But as, as we find, I think what you were saying, there might be some truth to Malone thinking that he was gonna put Michael Porter Jr. in at some point by now, but all these games have been kind of so close that that's never happened. And so now I think Malone has to be going through his head and almost kind of unmaking the stew <laughs> and, and starting to look at, well, Tory Craig hasn't been good. Um, well, Michael Porter Jr has been checking all the boxes and and so now I think you might get to the point where Malone starts is starting to realize okay I do need to get this guy in even though it's not the the 20 point blowout that I thought would be the first game that I put Michael Porter Jr. Jr. in at um I just need to get him in there so so I, I I would I would expect to see it soon um but if it doesn't come soon, then what we're going to end up with is a
0: point in the season. It's going to be January right. or something. And, you know, two small forwards are going to be hurt. And Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to start getting minutes and he hasn't played. And now we're actually in a, you know, playoff hunt. Uh, the competition is amped up. And now you're asking him to come in and, uh, you, you know, and fit right into a, a team that's already in a groove. Like, I, I just don't, this logic to me of like, I I almost feel like you know maybe Michael Malone, well he could this it seems like it's just his general philosophy. So if that's the case, that's the case. It could also be that you know maybe there's a little sense that like MPJ's got a a little diva in him or something, and and Michael Malone's trying to like grind that into the ground right now. Um, But I haven't seen that from him. Like maybe he's like that behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. You know, I, like, there's a lot of divas in the NBA, but like, he's saying all the right things. He's been very humble in in the media, at least, and there, and, his, and his teammates a, seem to like him.
1: There's a good relationship between the two. Uh, like, uh, while I think there's a, a kernel of truth to what you're saying um, from both sides, I do think there's a little bit of of diva in Michael Porter Jr. And I do think that Malone. Does not like to see that in his players and and wants to make sure that it doesn't develop. But as far as between these two people, I think there is uh a lot of respect from MPJ for Malone. And I think Malone has uh, a good amount of appreciation um for the way Michael Poor Jr. has has been playing things. So, then so play I, I the don't kid. think it's just when you use the phrase, you know, grind it out of them, like I, I just saw a much stronger, starker picture than 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 I think is is going on. But yeah, you I, know, I, it, I'm, not, okay. yeah I'm not. I'm cause, not cause,
0: suggesting there's like some bad blood between the two of them. I, I just am saying maybe he's trying to nip something in the bud now while he's you know 21 or whatever. Maybe right, that's and, and that's it.
1: where I go back to. I, I do. I do think that Malone should. Kind of raise up Michael Porter Jr. in a in a structured way, but uh, at this point, I think that all the things that Malone thought were going to kind of unfold uh, haven't actually unfolded that way, and and I'd be surprised if Malone isn't questioning uh, where he's at right now in in giving Michael Porter Jr. some time.
0: The other thing and about, about Tori Craig
1: it, is, huh? yeah, and the, that's yeah, same with me. And the other thing about Tori Craig is.
0: He is the type of player you can like leave on the bench for like 12 games and then bring him in and he's the same guy.
1: Right, he's yeah, not, like not a rhythm all the time
0: last season. Right, it happened constantly last year. And he's not like a rhythm shooter or something like that like he <laughs> can not just an come in. right. Like he can just come in, he plays his defense, he does his thing, he grabs some boards, he makes a big block here and there and that's what you get out of him. And he's always he's always going to have that waiting for him. So I I also don't kind of buy this idea that like y- you know it's important to let these guys like stay in the game and like Develop this chemistry and and have a feel for the game and stuff, because Torrey Craig is not that player. Uh, there right. are some guys that are that player, and in fact, Michael Porter Jr. very well could be that player. Um, right. Somebody who does need, need minutes and reps and and consistency and all of that. Yeah, so
1: I'm, I I'm going to close out my Michael Porter Jr. thoughts with. Let's not even talk about him. Let's talk about the bench and what could help this bench more than anything right now is facing. Morris getting another shooter. Like, mm-hmm. that could be really, really good for this bench. So it's not even so much a reason. The focus shouldn't be on Michael Porter Jr. and whether he's worthy to play right now or not. The focus should be on the bench and what's good for this bench unit. And it just so happens that I, it seems like we're at the point where Michael Porter Jr. could very likely be good for this bench, and it's worth throwing him out there and seeing seeing what you get. I'd even be okay with Little Wancho at this point, to be honest.
0: Well, we did it, Jeremy. That's two weeks and two episodes. We're on track.
1: On track is the last thing you want to say about this episode. This is by far the most, uh, the tangent, tangent. What's the adjective for of tangent? Yeah. Tangential. Tangential. It's a, it's a tough one, but you
0: know, so was the show today and we, we managed to get through it. Thank you for sticking with us listeners. If you're still here, if you're not, we totally understand. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) See you, buddy.